probably don't do enough, maybe, and uh, especially as a spirit-filled church. Um, and here recently, I've had several people that have talked with me or asked me some questions about um, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, about the spiritual gifts, and, and so we, we don't probably teach on this as much as we should. And so I wanted to take tonight, and I want us to just study a little bit together of what it is that we believe. When we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, we are going to talk about what we believe in that. What, what is that? When we talk about being filled with the Spirit, what do we mean? And we're going to look at Scripture, and we're going to walk through this together. And so that's where we are going to go tonight. It's going to just be strictly teaching. Uh, sometimes I, I preach, teach on Wednesday nights, and uh, sometimes I just teach, and every now and then I just preach. So uh, anyway, tonight I'm, I'm going to try uh, to just teach tonight, and we're just going to walk through the Word together. And I believe the Lord is going to speak with us. So get your Bibles, uh, get on your devices. If you're online, check, check, get your device or your Bible ready, and go with me to Mark chapter 16. And verse number 14. Now, you, you, if those of you that know this scripture are probably uh, going to uh, say, well, why are you going there, Pastor? But just, just follow with me and we, we, you will understand why as we move forward. All right. Mark chapter 16, verse number 14. Jesus has died, been buried, and has resurrected. He has met with his disciples on differing occasions now, and now he is about to be taken up from them into heaven. So verse 14, Jesus it says, He later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So the first thing he does, he comes in and he rebukes them for their unbelief, their hardened hearts, because they did not believe the reports of those that had seen him and declared that he had risen from the, from the dead. Verse 15, and so I, let me stop right there, little, little side note here, a little side jog. Um, I want you to notice again what that says, because it, it says that he rebuked their unbelief, and their hardness of heart. And I want you to look what the rebuke was over. That they did not believe the reports of those that had seen him alive and declared he was alive. Now, if you don't think about this for a moment, you might not catch this. But that's a pretty hard ask for people to believe. Amen. How many of you, if somebody walked up to you and, uh, you know, if you were back there, if you could put yourself in that realm or bring it into your world today, Jesus is walking among us and he dies and you see him die and you see him buried. And then somebody comes and Robert comes over to you and says, I saw Jesus. He's alive. Right. And, 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 and you said, well. Maybe we would all be like Thomas and we would say, well, I know this. I'm not going to believe it until I see him for myself. Until I can touch, I can see the nail prints in his hands and feet and make sure that he's really alive, right? But Jesus comes along and he rebukes them for their unbelief. Those of you that think the Lord does not expect us to believe him for big things, you need to read that one verse. Because the Lord expects us to have faith for big things. Because it doesn't get any bigger than that. Amen. He expects us to believe. If we are believers in Him, then we are to believe His ability and His power. So just a little side note there. I just wanted to throw that in. Because sometimes we just read over things. And, and we, we don't really catch the gist of what is being seen, see, said there. And so I just wanted to challenge you for a moment there with the concept of begin to believe the Lord for big things. 
don't, don't settle for small, insignificant faith. Believe God fully for big things. Okay, so verse 15, let's get into this. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, it's not, not really talking about going and preaching to all the animals. He's talking about in every person, go and preach the gospel everywhere you go. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now, that's, that's, that's not a prescription that you have to be water baptized in order to be saved. That is simply a statement saying, he who believes and is baptized into Christ will be saved. If you are put into Christ. Remember that water baptism is an outward expression of an inward work. I don't have time to go there. We could walk through that. But, but water baptism saves nobody. Water baptism is a testimony of what Christ has done in your life. It's important. It's necessary, it's valuable because it is a testimony to the world that you have now, and this is why immersion is so important, because the testimony is you died to your old man. This is what Scripture teaches us. When you go under, you died in Christ to your old man. When you come up out of the water, you are made alive in Christ. That's the testimony. The same way Jesus died and was buried and then resurrected, we are testifying that now we, are made alive in him and so we must believe he's talking here about salvation we must believe and be baptized and 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 be baptized into christ we may get into some scriptures here in a little bit to clarify that a little bit as well and you will be saved but he who does not believe will be what will be condemned so believing faith is the key to salvation Amen. It's not, not works. If you believe not, that's what, that's what the word tells us. It's not, it's not about our works. It is by grace, by the grace of God, through faith. That means you have to believe. That's, that's salvation. That we, we believe. For with the mouth confession is made unto Christ, and with the heart one believes. So you must believe in order to be saved. And if you do not believe in Christ, you will be condemned. And these signs, verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. And he closes it out with the word, Amen. So I want to take this setting, and I want to talk to you about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we see a process right here in Mark chapter 16. We see a process that we're going to see played over throughout the remainder of our study and played over especially through the book of Acts. And as now the church kicks forward, you're going to see this played over on several occasions. And that is the process that we find is the process that one is saved, one believes, one is saved, and then, signs follow salvation. You are commissioned to ministry. Things should begin to happen. And, and signs begin to follow. Now, what we are going to do, though, is we are going to take the Scripture and we are going to find out when in Scripture we begin to see the signs that he talks about following the believers. 
We're going we're gonna to see this because that's, that's the construct that we have to look at. Okay, so first, we must be saved. Okay, so when we speak of being filled with the Holy Spirit, the first step in the life of every person, the, the step that prepares us, makes us ready, and settles our eternal destination is to be saved. Amen. No, you, you, can, you cannot be saved unless the Spirit draws you unto faith in Christ. So when we talk about being baptized with the Holy Spirit in, in fullness, we are in, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are, we are not talking about that salvation where the Spirit draws us to us. Some, some people, and there are some organizations, denominations, that will believe that you have to be filled with the Spirit. What we determine, determine what we call being filled with the Spirit in Scripture, you have to be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit in order to go to heaven. But the Scripture does not teach that. The Bible teaches you must be saved. And salvation is what? Putting faith in Jesus Christ. Are you all with me? Okay, that's step one. And that's what, what Jesus said. He said, if you believe. Okay. He, he said, you, you first must believe. He who believes and is baptized into me. The, he who, who believes and receives the life that I now have given to him will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. So we, we have to clarify a little bit. And then there are signs that follow the believers. So, so what, hap- what in Scripture happens? Well, there is an event that set the stage for the signs that were going to come a- upon the, the believers and would follow them everywhere they went. There was an event. And we find that event because Jesus told them, Now go, tarry in Jerusalem. We're going to get into these Scriptures. Go and wait in Jerusalem until... You are endued with power from on high. Amen. And when you have received that power, then you are to go out into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other other ends of the earth, and into the our bounds of the earth. You are to go everywhere with this gospel. Once you have been filled. In Acts 2, they were filled with all that. They were believers, but they were filled with, with the power of the Spirit, and then signs began to follow them, the signs Jesus told them of in the Scriptures I read to you, and we're going to see this in just a few moments, began to follow them everywhere they went. Therefore, that is why being full gospel in our belief, being Pentecostal and charismatic, charismatic meaning the gifts in operation, being in Pentecostal uh, persuasion and faith, We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit subsequent to a clean heart. That that word, that simply means after being saved, we believe there is the step of then being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at this in Scripture. And so I just, we, we, we need to clarify. And see, you, you may be sitting here and you might say, Pastor, I, I know that I've been in this for, but we, we need to be clear on what it is that we believe. Because if we are clear on what we believe, number one, we safeguard ourselves from foolish things. And number two, when, when we are asked why we operate the way we do, we should be able to give an answer for what we believe. And the answer should not be, well, because Grandma did it. Amen. Amen. How I many know that's not a good answer to people that really have a question? To just say, well, Grandma did it. Well, thank God Grandma did it, but why do you do it? And if you cannot answer in Scripture, then, then something is missing there. And so we need to be better at understanding what. How many of you believe it's important that you know what you believe? What happens? If you do not know what you believe, you can be easily deceived. You you can lose sight of what's really important. It just becomes an emotional experience. Right? With no real purpose. It's just a tradition. And, And we need to be careful 
of, of falling into that. And I, I've heard people say that, you know, our, our Pentecostal churches have not been very good. Our spirit-filled churches have not been very good at discipling people. Well, if that's the case, then we need to change that. And we need to understand, what, what is this, the Holy Spirit being being filled with the Holy Spirit. What, what is it? What should be happening in our lives? What should we be experiencing? And can we back it up with the Word? Here's what I want to say. If, if you have ever been challenged by people that say, well, I just don't believe that is necessary, that speaking in tongues stuff or that, that, that miracle stuff or all that, I just, I just don't believe that. I, I just, well, you have the biblical grounds to stand upon and they do not. Amen. But how many times do people feel like they're cornered and somehow feel like that we don't have the biblical argument on our side? But we do. And we're going to see that tonight. And and hopefully we're going to understand. So salvation came first. Then signs would follow. Okay, so the expectation was salvation And then something is going to cause signs to follow. We're going to find out what that is. So let's start with the concept of salvation. We already hit it a little bit, but let's let's just hit it. Salvation, for God's John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever should believe in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him we might be with the Lord. Amen. Are are you all with me? That in Christ, there's no other salvation other than in, through, and by Christ. We are drawn to Him by the Spirit. It is the love of the Father that He gave His only Son. Jesus, the anointed, the Messiah, the Savior of the world came. He took the sin of the world upon Himself. He did not become a sinner. He was without sin. He took the sin of the world upon Himself. He died the penalty for sin. He rose again on the third day and he ascended into heaven. The only way a person can be saved is to believe Jesus did that. There is no salvation beyond that. None. No no other path. No other way. You either believe Jesus and are saved. You accept Him as your Savior. You, you believe in Him or you do not and you are not saved. There's no other pathway. There's no, there, there's no wiggle room there. It's one or the other. And so we need to be very clear uh, about that. If you want to turn over with me to the book of, of Titus. Uh, a uh, little book of, of Titus, you, if you'll go there with me, I'll, I'll share it with you. Titus chapter number 3, Titus is right after 2 Timothy, chapter number 3, and verse number 5. It, it says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So salvation, the Holy Spirit is involved. So people will say, well, you know, because we will have people say, well, you, you Spirit-filled people, you know, we believe that the Holy Spirit is with us from the time of salvation. So do we. When we talk about being baptized with the Spirit, we are not talking about that that's the moment somehow we receive the Spirit. The Spirit is with us from the moment we accept Jesus as our Savior. He draws us to Jesus. He points us to Jesus. John chapter 16, when He comes, He will reprove and rebuke and He he will point towards. He will take all of mine and give it unto you. This is what the Holy Spirit does. So He draws us under the Lord. He is the agent of applying that salvation into our life and giving us new life but scripture doesn't stop there with the work of the Holy Spirit that's that's what I'm trying to get us to tonight so I just want us to be clear as we get into this that that we're not missing a step we are not combining steps we are literally going to follow the biblical process salvation It's only through Christ. 
the Spirit of God draws us and brings alive the Spirit of man now in Christ. He is, he is with us and in us because the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit being one have now made their abode in, in that new believer's life. And life is theirs. Okay? Are we good with that? Now, so, Jesus said, now for believers, these signs will follow you. Okay, so the next question that comes to our minds should be, well, where do we see something happening that then signs will follow them? Because the Scripture is clear about this. The Scripture is very plain about this statement. So in Mark 16, verse 17... And these signs will follow who? Those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. Okay? So, where do we see this happening? Well, turn with me over to the book of Acts. I know it's a couple of books over, but it is the next Series of events in the life of those that Jesus was talking to. Now, how many of you understand Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? The four Gospels are all giving the account of the life of Christ on this earth. So they are all written giving the account of Christ on this earth. So they all end at the same place. And that is at the resurrection and then the ascension. And Jesus gives instructions to them. And he says, now I want you to go to Jerusalem. That's in Luke's account of this and I want you to wait there until you're filled so we pick up in the book of Acts that's the next step they go to Jerusalem to the upper room and they wait for the promise of the Father amen so Acts chapter 2 something happens and those that would want to argue with you about the infilling the baptism of the Holy Spirit have to ignore this. Or they write it off. Or they say, well, that was just for them. But nowhere in Scripture is that proven. Is that, is that even said? That it was just for them and not for us. In fact, the opposite is true. And I'll, I'll prove it to you. They, that people will take one Scripture in 1 Corinthians, one verse, chapter 14, I believe, I'm not looking at it, I believe it's verse number 8. They'll take one verse that says, tongues will cease. But they won't read the rest of the verse. They're kind of like the debate we watched last night. And they, they don't, and wisdom will cease. Knowledge will cease. But they won't argue that knowledge has ceased. They will only argue that, Tongues has ceased out of that one verse, but it is not supported in any other scripture. And if you read it in context, and you can go read it if you have a question, you will find that it's talking about when we get to heaven, when we get to eternity with Christ, tongues will cease. There'll be no need for it. That knowledge, wisdom that we operate on this earth, that's going to see. There's not going to be a need for it because now we are forever with the Lord. It's, it's a very easy concept and you really have to contort yourself in all sorts of ways. And I've, been, I've, I've studied under professors in college who tried to contort themselves into that. I wrote a paper on it with one in, in uh, the master's course I was studying there and, and I wrote the paper on it, and they were, had to contort all around with these, all these middle participles and all this, all this stuff to try to make something there that's just plain to read. Okay, so let's, let's look at this. Here's what happened. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all, who's they? Who's they? The disciples. Who's they in our lesson tonight? No, not us. Hold on, I'm... The disciples, they are the very ones that in Mark 16, Jesus was talking to. Okay? You understand? The same, this is the same people. The same ones that he said, he rebuked their unbelief. He, he said, believe, you'll be saved. Okay? 
Same ones he said, and these signs will follow you. But from the point that he said that to this point in Acts, there's no record of signs following them. It, it simply says at the end of that chapter that they would go and signs will follow them. But here we pick it up. This is the same next move these people make. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. Cloven tongues, it depends on what version you're reading, as a fire. And one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Who, who was filled? The disciples, they, who's they that we're talking about? Remember? Same, same group of people, right? Are y'all, are y'all with me? Same group. They, now that now this they, they were all filled. Let me ask you a question. Were they previous believers? Yes. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm really, I'm really not. Were they previous believers? Yes. Because they were the ones Jesus talked to. And he would tell them, if you looked at all the gospel accounts, go and wait for the promise of the Father. So those that were there on that day were believers in Jesus. And when you're a believer in Jesus, you are what? Saved. Amen. So these were saved, but something needed to happen in their life to fulfill what Jesus had said to them. Amen. So they all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Now, they, they did not teach each other how to speak in tongues. They, did, they, didn't, they didn't tell somebody you just need to make some noises and sounds and, and all that. They didn't, didn't do that. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay? So, no, number one, people feel like that's odd. Why did God choose to do it that way? I've, I have some assumptions and, and beliefs there, but I, I don't know. I believe, I believe it has something to do with James. When James is talking about the tongue is the most wicked little thing and with it you can curse and you can bless and with it you can you know it's like the rudder on a ship that can turn and that but when you submit your life wholly unto the Lord and even that tongue that can is set on fire of hell sometimes that's what the word says I didn't make that up when when but even with that tongue when you are filled with the Holy Spirit you can be so full of the Spirit of God that even that tongue that is unruly the most of unruly members that tongue will begin to speak out under the unction and the utterance of the Holy Spirit words that you don't understand but that the Spirit is interceding through you. Amen. So much so that on that day, and I won't take the time to read it all, but there were people gathered from all different places outside. They heard them, all of them, magnifying and praising the Lord. But that's not what they were doing. They were doing what the Bible called speaking in other tongues. And there's 120 of them that are speaking in tongues as the Spirit's giving them utterance. And the miracle, I believe, is in the hearing of the people outside because God allowed them to hear Him being praised. Even though they were speaking in language and they were not learned and educated. This was as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. And they said, how do we hear all of them in our own language? They said it. Amen. So don't, don't feel weird if you speak in other tongues. Because it's biblical. Are y'all are y'all okay? Amen. Don't 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 feel less than because it's biblical. This is a biblical concept. 
Okay, now we're going to go there, so just hold on. So Acts 2 fulfills what Jesus said to them will happen, and then from Acts 2 forward. And how many realize everything in your New Testament after Acts 2, everything from the every other book, everything from there took place after this occurrence. Every, every epistle was written after this occurrence. Every miracle that took place in the church after this experience. Every missionary trip that the Bible records after this experience. Every revelation, the, the revelation of John after this experience. Everything that happens from the remainder from Acts 2 to, to the end of Revelation occurs after this. And what is it? It is the fulfillment of signs following. So we have believers, we then have signs following, but what triggers the signs following is Acts 2. Where they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, where they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Peter stands up and tells them, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And you can look that up if you want to in Joel chapter 2. He said that in the latter days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your young men and your daughters will, will receive this. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And I'll pour out my spirit on the servants and the handmaids in that day. And this will be for you, for your children, for your children's children, and for as many that are afar off. Now, let's, let's look at this because that's important. In, in Acts 2, verse 17, this is where Peter stands up and rehearses this. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. In Acts 17, Acts 18, I'll pour out in my spirit, of my spirit in those days. Acts, 9, Acts 2 and 19, I will show wonders in heaven. Signs. These signs are going to now. And signs in the earth beneath. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, and it shall come to pass, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Are you all still with me? So we need to understand that this is what Jesus was talking about would happen in their life that then signs would follow them from there on. Amen. Okay. So, let's dig in a little bit deeper at this. Let's look at the signs. Go back to Mark chapter 16. Let's look at the signs that are following them. So look what Jesus says to them. Acts 17. Acts, I'm sorry. Mark 16 and verse 17. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name... They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Well, let me, let me just kind of talk to you for just a moment because this is, and, and now I don't want to get off into the weeds with you here, but I think it's important that you see this. Write this down if you're taking notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and write down there, verse 8 through verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11, so you can go read them on your time. Let me read it for you real quickly. For to one, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But it's one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Amen. 
There are nine gifts, sign gifts, that are going to come with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that is taught there. And we're going to look at those and combine them in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. Let's, let's look at it. The first thing I want to see, it says, in my name, Mark 16, verse 17, they will cast out demons. Well, if, if you are going to cast out demons, there's going to need to be a discerning of spirits. Amen? Would you agree with that? If, if, if there's going to be a casting out of demons, then that means there's going to have to be a discernment between what is demonic and what is not. Okay? So, he said, in my name. So, he said, these signs are going to follow you. In my name, you will cast out demons. So, that means there's going to be discernment of spirits. Peter, when he's, when he's walking and, and he, he, he sees demonic things he's able to deal with and Paul is able to deal with the demonic and and they get grieved in their spirit and there's a discernment that comes that's a gift of the Holy Spirit but that's also the sign that is going to follow believers and it's signs that follow believers who have been filled with the Holy Spirit amen let's look at the next thing it says Mark 16 verse 17 They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Okay. So, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the gifts in the signed gifts that are given in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 of being filled with the Holy Spirit, one of those gifts is speaking in tongues. Speaking with tongues in a message in a church setting. So you speak with new tongues. Now, that, that word carries with speaking with new tongues, spirit speech, as well as new flesh speech. <laughs> Amen. How many know when, when you are saved, and when you have especially saved, and when, when filled with the Holy Spirit, not only should the Spirit be speaking and interceding through us, but the way we talk should change as well. We should be speaking with new tongues. Amen. Not, not just in ways we don't understand. We should be speaking in new ways that we understand. Amen. Our, our speech should change. So, we, we find these gifts in the 1 Corinthians 12 gifts. We find tongues. We find interpretation of tongues. And we find prophecy. And each of those involve speaking with new tongues. Amen. Okay. Now, let's keep going. Because he doesn't stop there. My name, they will speak with new tongues. In verse 18, in my name, they will take up serpents. Now, that has nothing to do with those crazy people. And I say that as respectfully as I possibly can. They're crazy people. That bring And, and sadly, some of those crazy people have in their name... On their churches, the name Church of God. They are not affiliated with the Church of God that we are a part of. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. And they bring the boxes out and they take these snakes out, rattlesnakes and snakes, and handle snakes in their service, and, and they use this scripture. Come on, that's that's crazy. That is not what this is about. We, we, need, to, we need to be a, a, a little bit smarter than that. that, that is not, there is no purpose in that. There, there is nothing that tells us that we are to try to show off how spiritual we are. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Do what? Mm-hmm. Yes, there you go. We're going we're gonna to see here. And, and this is, I, I just want you to, now if I offended you by saying they're crazy people, I'm sorry, but, but they are. So I don't, I don't mean to offend you, they just, they just are. So, amen. So, 
What, what could this be talking about? If it's not, let's all take Now, it does carry with it the context, I believe, because Paul does it. He, he is at the fire, and the serpent lunges out and bites him. They all sit around and wait for him to die, and he doesn't die because being full of the Spirit, he had the ability. It doesn't mean he went out looking for him, but it does mean God is able to do anything. The Word, though, also tells us that we should be wise as serpents. And harmless as doves. That we should be wise. So, so a serpent, even Satan himself, is, is considered that old serpent. And, and is a deceiver. And is a one that, that is, is wicked and, and, and that harmful one. That's, that's what he's known in. In the garden, he was the, the serpent that came and said, you can... Uh, eat of this tree. God didn't really mean what he said. The word says we need to be wise. So there's wisdom that we need to see there. And so as I begin to look at that, take up serpents. In my name, you can take up serpents. When you see it in the context of what scripture teaches about serpents and the wisdom and the deceptive wisdom and how we should be wise as serpents but harmless as doves, I begin to think of the gifts that that would correlate with and we are find in first corinthians chapter 12 words of knowledge and words of wisdom a word of wisdom is a revelation gift of unknown facts a, a, a word of knowledge is a gift that t- gives you direction when you did not have a direction of how to apply the revelation that you've been given and these are gifts of the spirit that help us to be wise, that help us to take up, take on the wisdom of this world, the wisdom of the enemy, the deception that is around us. The Spirit of God will combat that. Amen. And then he says, and if you drink any deadly thing, it will not harm you. That's a miracle. One of the gifts listed is a gift of miracles. Come on, are y'all still with me? It's a miracle. And then he says, and you will lay hands on the sick. I mean, you don't lay hands on the sick unless you have faith. Because you lay hands on them believing something is going to happen. And one of the gifts of the Spirit, it's not just faith that is a faith of every believer. It is the gift of faith. That comes in the moment of need. That the assurance that the Spirit of God is going to do the work. And you, that's why the Bible says lay hands on no man suddenly. Don't just presume. But when the gift of faith comes. Lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. Recovery is healing. The nine gifts of the Spirit recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that will accompany and come upon Spirit-filled believers in settings when they're together and operating in the Spirit, we find them condensed in Mark chapter 16. So, these signs will follow you. When did those signs begin to move among them? When they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is why we need to strive to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are saved, but we want to be everything God has called us to be. We want to be those who in His name see the operating of His power. Do you? I do. And it's not been taken away. It's not been done away with. It's not been fulfilled. It is still for us today. You know how I know that? Because the world still needs it. Do you know anybody that still needs healing? Do you know anyone that still needs a miracle? Do you know anyone that sometimes needs some divine intervention of wisdom and knowledge? Do you know anyone that needs a prophetic word from God or a, a word from God that's out of the ordinary realm that they would hear? Anybody that needs faith, anybody that, that needs something from God, a discern, do you believe that we still need some discerning of spirits today? Hello? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit according to God's word. And, he, and they were not filled with the Spirit just 
they were not baptized in the Spirit just as they believed in Jesus as their Savior. They were filled with the Spirit in the upper room and they left there and signs followed them. So, let's look at the baptism. Because, and I'm going to do this quickly. But in Verse 19 of Mark 16. So then, after the Lord spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. They went out and preached everywhere. But they didn't go preaching until they first went to the upper room. You've got to know your Bible. If you don't know your Bible, you're going to think they just left there and started going out and doing it. But they didn't. You've got to know the story. They went to the upper room and waited to be empowered, endued with power. Then they went out preaching Everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So, they were filled with the Spirit of Move. So, let's, let's look at this. Because then the question becomes, how am I filled with the Spirit? What's going to happen? All we can do is look at the word. I'm going to give you scriptures. And probably we will, we might come back and talk about this next week when I have more time. But here's what we find in the Word we find five instances recorded in the book of Acts. It's not, there's many more throughout, but they're recorded in the book of Acts where people, believers, were filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, five places. You, you find them, first of all, in Jerusalem. Acts 2, they were filled. What happened when they were filled? Man, Lord, Lord help me to go ahead and hit this because I, I just can't leave you hanging right here. What happened when they were filled? In, in Acts 2, verse 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. That's, that's one. So in the first instance, Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. How did they know they were filled with the Spirit? Because they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. You, you are a part of a church and a movement that believes that the initial and hear me, the initial, that means the first, doesn't mean the only, doesn't mean the, the end all be all, but the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to speak in other tongues for a certain period of time. It doesn't mean it, there's no, no recipe for that. It's simply, have you spoken in other tongues? It is the initial evidence. And that is given by the utterance of the Holy Spirit that you in a place of worshiping the Lord and asking to be filled or worshiping Him and, and out of your belly begin to bubble up and you begin to speak out what the Spirit is now putting in you, giving you the utterance that you're not even understanding but you know it's coming out of you okay that happened in Acts 2 and verse number 1 but it didn't just happen in Acts 2 and verse number 1 it also happened in Acts chapter 8 and you, you might want to write these down so you can go look at them in Acts chapter 8 in verse number 14 they were now in Samaria Church was now going out. Signs were following them. And when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John. And who, when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? They had believed, received the word of God, but now they needed to receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were saved. But as of yet, they had not been filled. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Now, so, so second occurrence. Now, they are filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened to them? It doesn't say. Okay? doesn't say. But it does say that when they did receive Simon saw it and he offered them money 
He saw something. It wasn't just a, a raptured look on their face. They had been saved. He saw He experienced something and he wanted it. There was something powerful that began to happen. So keep that in mind. That's the second occasion. The third occasion we find in Acts chapter 9. And that is the Apostle Paul. He is Saul. And he is, is a persecutor of the church until the Lord knocks him off his horse. The Lord blinds him. The Lord comes to him. He believes in him. In Acts 9 verse 17, Ananias, who God had spoke to, went his way, entered the house, laying his hands on Paul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he received food, he was strengthened, and then he went to preach. So Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened when he was filled? Doesn't say, but Paul later says, because it's Paul that writes 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and Paul later says, here's one thing I'll tell you. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But I would rather... Speak one word with my own understanding. I would rather desire prophecy than any other. So we do know Paul operated in these gifts. Okay, are y'all still with me? It's a third. The fourth occasion was in Acts 10. And I'm winding down here. So the fourth occasion is in Acts 10. And this is Cornelius' house. And now we are with the Gentiles. Peter is sent. You can go read it. I'll let you just go read it. Peter is sent. Now we got to read it. In Acts chapter 10, I won't go into the whole story. You can read the whole story. I'm going to pick it up when Peter comes to Cornelius' household. There's a miracle occurs that gets him there. In verse 44, while Peter was speaking these words, they had asked him, what do we need to do? He's preaching the gospel to them. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Just as they have. Can anyone forbid water, Peter says, that these should not be baptized, who receive the Holy Spirit just as we have. Now they, So they were baptized after they were filled. But they were filled with the Holy Spirit in the same way. They spoke with tongues and they prophesied. So we have Acts 2, they spoke with other tongues. Prophesied because they, magnified the, they heard Him magnifying the Lord. Acts 10, they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Acts 9 doesn't say what... Paul did, but Paul later affirms he spoke with tongues and prophesied. And in Acts 8, it didn't say what they did, but Simon saw something, heard something, and wanted it. Amen. Okay? And then there's one more occasion, and it's Acts 17 and verse 1. Acts 17 and 1. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis... In Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue. Paul, as his custom was, went into them. I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm Acts 19 and 1. I'm, I was reading it and I thought, no, I'm wrong. Acts 19 and 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus. And he found some disciples, and some disciples, believers in Christ. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not as much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism for salvation, for repentance. Then Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance. Saying, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is in Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Three of the five occasions recorded specifically say they spoke with tongues and prophesied. The other two doesn't say it, but it's implied. Amen. 
Okay? So, the normative experience in the New Testament of a believer that was filled with the Holy Spirit was there was an initial evidence of speaking with tongues and prophesying, magnifying God. That was the initial evidence that we have in Scripture. Amen. And in Acts 1, Jesus said, When you are filled, you will preach the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. In these occasions, we see the Spirit, salvation, and then being filled with the Spirit comes to Jerusalem, goes to Judea. Acts 8 goes to Samaria. Acts 10 and Acts 19 to the Gentiles to the ends of the world. Amen. They were filled. So we believe. This is why we believe. It's not just because of some emotional experience. It's because it is the the normative experience in the Word that we believe. That when a believer is filled with the Holy Spirit, that we will speak. The initial evidence is going to be Speaking in other tongues, as the Spirit gives the utterance, and there's prophetic utterance in that, because we're magnifying God. We believe that. And then, signs follow. All those gifts then become become useful for us in order to take the gospel to our world. Now, let me ask you this. Everybody stand to your feet. We're going we're to close right here. How many of you believe going through that tonight? I know that's simple, and I know that that's, it's been, been just tried to pull this together. How many of you believe looking at Scripture, what I just shared with you out of Scripture, how many of you believe that that doesn't seem to be some weird something out there? That seems to be straight out of Scripture. It's It's irrefutable. The question becomes, do we desire everything God has declared for us? I do. I believe you do. I believe many watching online do. Is it always the most comfortable thing? No. Word of God's not always comfortable. If I was God, I probably would have chose a different way. But you know what? I'm not God. So therefore, I line my life up His way. And the same way you receive the full fulfillment and filling of the Holy Spirit is the same way you were saved. By faith. And yielding. And as the Spirit gives you utterance, you begin to speak to Him. And it's not about what it sounds like. And it's not about how long you put together sentences. And it's not about any. It's simply, have you yielded? To the Spirit. To the point of Him flowing through you. So that then you can take the gospel to the world and expect signs following. So if you've had that experience. In any way, shape or form. The word says. You have followed the biblical pattern. And you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have not yet had that experience. Press in doesn't mean you're less than. My goodness, God can use anybody. God used a donkey. God can use anybody at any time. But He wants us to go His way so He can always use us in every moment. And I encourage you, if you have not had the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit, that you press in. And don't put pressure on yourself. And it's not about I have to. Because if all you're concentrating on is the speaking in other tongues. Then you're going to get stuck right there. And you're going to get discouraged. And it's going to be hard. And all these things are going to happen. And we've done that for too many. But rather if you would just say Lord. It's the gift you want me to have. And signs are going to follow. And I'm just going to submit. And if you'll just submit your life. You can be filled in an altar. You can be filled at home. You can be filled in the car. You can be filled anywhere you are. If you just submit to the Holy Spirit. And, and as you sense out of your belly. His moving and stirring. And you begin to hear 
new things rising up, and you will just submit and yield in a spirit of worship. You will be filled with the Spirit as the Bible proclaims, and you will go and be what God has called you to be with signs. Doesn't mean we are better than others. Nothing That has nothing to do with this. It simply means we have submitted fully unto the Lord. In our way. Others only answer for themselves. They submit unto the Lord in their way. But this is what we believe. Amen.